You might like to turn in your Bible as we open our prayer time. That is, we're looking to listen to God, to think about God in a unity, unity, unifying way that we understand what he says and we are able to amen it. Now, in the light of that, Jeremiah chapter 29. And you'll recall in our study of Jeremiah up to this point, uh, the, it, we're in the time when Judah and Jerusalem are shortly going to be uh, devastated by Nebuchadnezzar. It's the last king is living, Zedekiah. Uh, it is probably around 595 B.C. and in 586, Nebuchadnezzar is going to level the city and the temple. Now, in the process of all that, uh, Nebuchadnezzar has taken, in uh, two, two times already, uh, taken uh, the uh, captives and uh, trophies from Jerusalem and the temple. And in the process, Jer uh, Jeremiah has sent a letter uh, to, to the believers, to, to the uh, Israelites, I should say, that have been taken captive in Babylon. And there's prophets there, like there are in Jerusalem, uh, the false ones and the false priests, and they're uh, saying the same thing, whether you go to the left or you go to the right, they're saying the same message. So pretty soon we're going to be able to go back to, to Nebuchadnezzar's, going to, for some whatever reason, is going to yield... Uh, whatever, and uh, send all the captives back to Jerusalem, all the trophies back in the temple, uh, that, that, was, that which was taken from the temple, return everything. He's going to do that shortly, and the last one we noticed was two years. And he's going to do all this. So they're all listening to that, and Jeremiah sends a letter uh, to the believers, uh, to the uh, Israelites, I should say, uh, in Babylon to warn them not to listen to that. And the issue, uh, chapter 29 and verse 10. Remember, they're talking about they are not paying attention to the fact that they have not observed the sabbatical year for 490 years. That's why there's 70 years captivity. Because they should have, every seven years, they should have stopped everything and honored God, but they did not. So now it's accumulated, and therefore, verse 10, thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished in Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you, causing you to return to this place. So the issue now is they are not, they don't understand, and they don't care about understanding, uh, that the fact of why they're even being judged, why Nebuchadnezzar is allowed to do it. They don't even want to know. Uh, God said, do you understand? You haven't observed the Sabbath here, uh, uh, any of the Sabbaths properly. And, uh, but they don't care about that. Uh, they've done what they feel that they'd like to do, the way they want to do it, and they're quite content. Therefore, this judgment is put upon them, and they are having to face that judgment, that God's wonderful 
God's going to give them an opportunity in His mercy and grace uh, to go into captivity and, uh, and ultimately to be the nation that God meant them to be in the kingdom to come. But it's going to take the tribulation to bring that about, to serve God's wonderful purpose. So now, in the process, now in the process, here they are and, uh, in, uh, in uh, Babylon, and, uh, and if we just project ahead for, for the, in the light of it, are they going to, God, remember what we said in chapter 29, verse 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. I have great plans for you. Verse, 11, verse 12, And then shall you call upon me, and shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. We studied that a little bit. And you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your hearts. Now, you aren't going to do it. You aren't going to do it. But I want you to know that all that's going to happen, you're going to lose the temple, you're going to lose the city, you're going to lose both of them. Even though in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah, you're there, but you really aren't there. And besides, uh, there's only a remnant of you, and the old nature, our human old nature is there, and then you hit the book of Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament, and that's all downhill. So it's all downhill, so there's no uphill. So, God, I want to understand that. Now, God, did you know that they would do that? You said, in verse 12, you seek, if you, verse 12 and 13, uh, if you seek me, you'll find me. Okay. Now, over to 1 Kings chapter 8. And God made provision in the light of it in Solomon's day. When did he make that provision? When the temple was dedicated. The temple, this is the beginning of Solomon's temple, and it is dedicated. It's right up front. So now what's going to happen? Here's the hope. And you know, God's going to know that temple is going to go. But, but there it is, in dedication. Now, God, you already are ahead of us always forever. So, over to 1 Kings, I start to say. 1 Kings in chapter 8. And pick up, please, in verse 29. That thine eyes, I'll read verse 28 to get a little context. Yet thou hast respect unto the prayer of thy servant and to thy his supplication, O Lord, my God, to hearken unto the cry and to the prayer which thy servant prayeth before thee this today. That purpose, that thine eyes may be open toward this house, that night and day, even toward the place which thou hast said, my name shall be there, that thou mayest hearken unto the prayer which thy servant shall make toward this place. And again, you get verse 30, And hearken, uh, hearken thou to the supplication of thy servant and to the people of Israel when they shall pray toward this place, and hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and when thou hearest, forgive. Now, God, so the, now, now God you're going to cover all the bases, as Solomon does. So when you come over to verse 47, verse 47, here's the, all of these conditions are all being covered. 
Uh, and I'll read verse 46. If they sin against thee, and if there be no man that sinneth, and there is no man that sinneth not, we're all sinners. And thou be angry with them, and deliver them to the enemy, so that they carry them away captives into the land of the enemy far or near. They're all going to be in captivity, the ten tribes and the two tribes, Assyrians and the Babylonians. Verse 47, Yet if they shall bethink themselves in the land, whether they were carried captives, and repent and make supplication unto, unto thee in the land, land of them that carry them captives, saying, We have sinned and have done perversely, we have committed wickedness, and so return unto, unto thee, with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their enemies, wherever they are, uh, which led them away captive, and they pray and pray unto thee toward this their land, which thou gavest unto their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the city show, which thou hast chosen, and the house which I have built for thy name. So God's covering all the bases, so when they're all scattered, that's my whole point, they're all not in Jerusalem. There's no more temple. There's no temple today. There they all are. Now, God tells when you're in this scattered all over the place, and you're going to have to think about, uh, are you, are you a, uh, a believing Jew or are you an unbelieving Jew? And if you're going to be a seek God, uh, God says in Jeremiah 29, when you seek me in that place at that time, You'll find me. So God, they're all over the place. There's nothing together. There's nothing looking good. But if any heart turns to God, God is there to find it. Hang on to that. Now, having said that little bit, and here they are in the temple, and, and uh, God's thoughts, God's thoughts are there always, and his thinking is good. His thoughts and his ways, as you know, Isaiah 55 are higher than the heavens. And, and then, having said that, you then know from Psalm 40 and 139 and that, but my thoughts to you about you are more than the sand of the sea. So I want you to think that. I have very wonderful thoughts, more than you can ever imagine about you, more than the sand of the sea. So that only, only God has that kind of thought. Now, having said that little bit, and keeping that in mind, would you go over with me, please, to Daniel? And in Daniel and chapter, oh, chapter 1. And in Daniel chapter 1, picking up, please, in thought, remember Daniel was taken captive in 806. I mean, in, in 605, I should say. In 605, he was taken. I don't know where I got 806. Uh, 605, he was taken captive. And he was the, one of the first ones to be taken captive and his three friends. So they're there. They're there, taken to Babylon. They, Nebuchadnezzar picked the prime people, the best people that he wanted for his kingdom. Now, Daniel chapter 1, picking up if I can, O in verse 20. Now remember now, Nebuchadnezzar, 
uh, and uh, in chapter 1, verse 20, and in all manner of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, Nebuchadnezzar, of Daniel and the friends, and his friends, he found, he found them ten times better than all the magicians, and that's the word magicians, and uh, astrologers uh, that were in the realm, the magicians, the magi, magicians, magi, they're the wise men. What, what are they? What, are, what is the word? It's people that studied astronomy, the stars, studied the stars and enchantments. They, they studied the heavens. That's what they did. And, 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 they, and here's Daniel among them and his three friends. And Daniel in particular, sliding over, if you would, to chapter 2. And in chapter 2, verse 2. Uh, then the king commanded to call the magicians, there's your word, and the astrologers, there they are again, and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans, for to show, to show the king his dream. So they came and stood before the king. Now remember now, they're all there, and, uh, and they can't do the job. It just they can't do it, verse 27. They just can't do the job. Daniel, and so they can't, and they're going to be killed. That's what's going to happen. They're all going to get killed. They're going to get killed. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, because they can't, none of them, that's his high court. He's going to eliminate them all. And the butcher, the head killer, <laughs> he's there to go get them. He's going to take them. But... But he knows his job. These are all the dear people that help the king and wisdom and all of that. And the king's going to get rid of them. And so what does he do? Well, he goes to Daniel because he, he's concerned. And therefore, Daniel chapter 2, verse 27. Daniel answered in the presence of the king. He said, the secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians... Soothsayers, uh, wise men, magi, etc., uh, show unto the king. And there is a God, that there is a God in heaven that revealeth secret and maketh known unto the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days, and thy dream and the vision of thy head upon thy bed are these. Now, Daniel's going to give that. And you know, when you go Daniel chapter 2, and you start in verse 31, think of all the times we've done it, at 6 o'clock and that. Here's the great image of the beast, the great man, and you're going to go from Babylon all the way down to Rome, uh, to the United States of the European community, the ten units, the toes, the, the feet, and then the ten toes, out of the ten toes comes the Antichrist. So we're going all the way from the head to the toes. And now that's the times of the Gentiles, the times of the Gentile history. So Israel is put on the shelf in the days, and uh, they're put on the shelf. And Daniel's over here in Babylon. Ezekiel's going to come over in 587, uh, 597, going to slide over. And, and Jeremiah is writing to them now in 595. He's writing to them. So now, having said that, so Daniel, Daniel, and so if you were there, if you were one of those people, I would think uh, we would be impressed. Uh, here's all our cohorts and wizards and everybody, astrologers and magicians and that. But then there's Daniel. 
And Daniel, Daniel stands out. It would be like having us a bunch of doctors, and we're all some kind of doctor. And, and we have a doctor among us that just when he, whatever he does, boy, he does what we can't do. Now, it doesn't mean we don't know what we're doing. He just, whatever his hands, whatever he does, he does it. He has it. So we all tend to look to him, and at least some of us do. If I was one of them, I would look to Daniel. I'd always be interested in that fellow Daniel, because he has such an insight with God that we don't even have. So, wow! Wouldn't you be? Hang on to that. Now, having said that, having said that, and, and that's what they're going to be. Now, so over to Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9. Now, what do we know about Daniel? Daniel is, and the, everyone's paying attention to him a little bit. Some of them are anyway, I would think. Now, Daniel chapter 9, may I go directly for time, verse 2. In the first year, Daniel is reading the scripture. He's reading Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 29, which you and I just are looking at. He has that. He has that in front of him. Jeremiah, the book. He's looking at the book. He's looking at the records. Reading them, I should say. Reading all of this stuff that has been sent by Jeremiah and written by Jeremiah. In the first year of, verse 2, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Now we read that in the beginning, chapter 29, verse 10. They had to wait 70 years. They just, they didn't believe God. They didn't want to listen to God. They didn't want to understand. And they're just plowing along. That's what they're doing. And all, and God knows that. But God said, if any one of you ever seek when you're in trouble and scattered all over the world, uh, seek me, you'll find me if you search for me with all your heart. Now here's Daniel back then. And he reads, he reads. And then, then he reads, and he says, man, are we in trouble? And without reading all of the context and the wonderful chapter it is, and he's going to tell you what? He's going to tell you the, not only Daniel chapter 2, the times of the Gentiles, in Daniel chapter 9, you have the sequence of the years, 490 years, 483 to the crucifixion, uh, then there's a space called grace, and then there's seven more years, Daniel chapter 9, 27, and the Antichrist makes a treaty with Israel for seven years. All of that's there. Wow. That's there. Now, Daniel, got that? I do. Now, having said that little bit, and keeping that in mind, if you would, now here, now, so now what I want to do, having said that, and if you were a Gentile in the days of Daniel, uh, and those that they handed on their information and what they understood. So here comes history down the corridor of time, and we're going to let 400-something years go by, and uh, here comes over to Matthew and chapter 1. 
And in Matthew, well, chapter 1, no, we're going to have to go to chapter 2. And in chapter 2, what do we know? As God fills in the pieces, this is the only place, because Matthew is written to Israel. Israel is to understand Jesus Christ is king. He's king. And uh, they, the Messiah. And uh, so, so that's how Matthew, the 28 chapters of Matthew, that's what it's about. So now, when we, and we're going to read in, in there a piece of information that isn't anywhere else, because it doesn't need to be. It's about the Jews need to understand. What do the Jews need to understand? They haven't paid attention. They didn't see God. They're going to go and, and uh, the one born in Bethlehem of Judea, they're going to crucify him. What are they going to do? Matthew chapter one, 2. Now, when G, this is God fills in a little piece of information for us that will help the Jews and helps us. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men, or magi, uh, from the east to Jerusalem. So, here they come from Jerusalem. Now, and what are they? These are the same same type of people you read in Daniel chapter 1. Magi, wise astrologers. That's what they studied. They studied that. And they found every piece of information to try to do it. And, and, and they had, the, had Daniel as an influence to, for the scriptures. So therefore, therefore, the scriptures. Now, and so God is going to go and help them. I've got to read verse 2. Saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews when they came? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. So, A, all these little pieces, if I can remember them. Uh, here, we're in the east, we're in Babylon, Euphrates River, and just north of Babylon in that whole area is where they, these people are located. So, here's the Euphrates, and here's Babylon, and here's, here's the, right in the same, same, say Babylon, and you'll be safe. Here we are. Now, and they're over there, and they study, they study, they study, they study, they study. And they had the scriptures, they had them if they wanted them, and, and they had the passing on of one, one astrologer, one magi after another, uh, that, uh, about what Daniel and all of that, and, and what he did, and what he said, and what he knew. So now, here they are, and, and they're all the way over there uh, in, in uh, Babylon area. And they're going to go, and, and they're going to go all the way to Jerusalem. Now, in order to get there, uh, to get there, they look at, they study the sky every day. So looking at the sky, they look at the sky. And all of a sudden, up in the sky, as they studied sky, the sky, there's a star. Now, don't try to read and someone tells you that it had to be a certain phenomenon. And no, it isn't. It's a star. It's a star that came out of nowhere, and they saw it. And they knew it was not an ordinary star in an ordinary way. And God used that star to move them. So you have to think of the star moving. God, wonderfully, no problem at all, moves the star all the way over. If you go with the crow flies, 600 plus miles that's straight across, and they didn't go straight across, so they had to travel 
up around the path and then down to Jerusalem, to Bethlehem. So here they go across dust. Uh, that, that they're going to travel that road, down that road, and they're going to go. And they're going to follow that star. And they're going to follow that star every night all the way over to where it stands, right in Bethlehem, right there. That's where it's going to go. Now, God did that. Now, hang on. Now, so what do they know? I'm asking myself, uh, not, not all of them, just some, and it isn't three. The, the, we three men of Oriental, whatever, uh, there could be 20 of them, who knows. Uh, we aren't told. Uh, that's the hymn, uh, the song. Just the wise men, plural. Okay, so here we are looking in the star. Now, here's a group of them that are paying attention to, in, to the sky and to the scriptures in some form and to the influence that has been handed down to, through, the prophet, to, their, to through their fellow followers, uh, people that do the same thing that they do, I should say. And here they are. So here they are. Now they see it. Now they are anticipating. They're anticipating they're looking. They're looking for the future. They're looking for things. And they've got the scriptures. Go with me now what they had. Do you re- go with me, please, over to Numbers. If I can. Numbers in chapter 24. Now, what do we know about Numbers? Well, we aren't talking about a Jew we're talking about a Gentile called Balaam. He's a prophet, a Gentile prophet. And he deals with Balak in a, in a wonderful way. And Balak wanted Israel to be cursed. And, and Balaam said, you can't curse Israel. You can't do that. God is the one that does that. So, so sliding down, chapter 24. Uh, I've got to move super quick, unfortunately. Numbers 24. Uh, verse 17, what are you going to say? Uh, well, I've got to read verse 16. He has said, which heard the words of God and knew, knew the knowledge of the Most High, which saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a trance, but having his eyes open, what did you say? What did you say, Balaam, in God's thing? I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star, out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise, rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Seth. Now, the part you want for the little bit we have, I shall see him, I shall, I, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not now. There shall come a star. Now, without doing all the wonderful things about the star, hang on, and go with me just to the all about the star. You're going to go, hang on to the star. And go over with me to Dan, uh, Revelation and uh, chapter 20, 22. Revelation and chapter 22. And may I pick up, please, in verse 16. I, the, the, the Lord, these are the Lord himself saying it. I, Jesus, have, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. That's for us. Uh, revelations to help us 
as we head in, looking into the tribulation coming up. I am the root and the offspring of David. I am the bright and morning star. Now, without even following that all the way to where it is, I took you to the end. I'm the star. I'm the star. I am. What did you see, Balaam, in your prophecy? I saw the star, the star, the star, the one that brings light for the darkness, the one that's coming, the bright and morning star, and all the way through you follow it. Wow, God. So now, so what is this star that these wise men are looking at? Well, they're looking at the star. It isn't a strange star. God tells them. He said, listen, I'm going to put a star up there. I'm going to help you find. Well, you've been searching and praying, looking in your, in your, in your, in your system to, to, for the future, and I'm going to help you in the light of the Scriptures. And they're looking for a star, and there's a star. And God's going to lead him by way of the star, his star, all the way over to Jerusalem. Now, having said that little bit, back over to Matthew chapter 2. And in Matthew chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2, what do we know? Well, here they are, they're going to go to Herod, and uh, Herod, Herod's there, chapter 2 and verse 3, and Herod wanted to know, though I'll say it to speed up for time. And, uh, and Herod, the, Herod, here's the wise men, the wise men come to Herod, naturally, he's the king, uh, and want to know, hey, hey, listen, we, we, we saw this star and we've come, we've come to worship the king. <laughs> That's what they said. They didn't come to worship a baby. We come to worship the king. That's what we're here for. And we're following the star to worship the king. The king that's been spoken of with the future holds. He's the king. Okay. Now, and so therefore, Herod listens to him and listens to them. And then, then Herod, now what are you going to do? He then calls the priest and the scribes, the lawyers, the people that studied the scriptures. And you know what? They knew he wanted to know what is this thing that these wise men have come to Bethlehem for. And without blinking an eyeball, it seems, those priests and scribes, students, study, scribe, people that studied the Bible, they didn't have a problem. They knew just what it was. They knew the Scriptures, my point. They knew the Scriptures. But they didn't believe him. They didn't believe him. The wise men are coming. They don't know for nothing except to follow it. Now, and so here they, and Herod asked them. Herod asked them. And they said, oh, yes. That has to do, you can't turn there now, to Micah 5.2. What is my, though thou be little Bethlehem, you're just a little spot. In fact, his Jerusalem and just five or six miles south, there's little Bethlehem, a little town. You can't even find the number of people in it. It's so small in that little town. It's only five or six miles south. Did any of you priests, scribes, do any guys, all you got to do is take a, take a little walk down there and check it out. But you didn't check it out. 
You didn't check it out. You don't even care. It's right in front of you. And you didn't care. No, we didn't care. Nope. But Herod, Herod's concerned, and therefore he asked the wise men, and, uh, and he puts it together in, more, in a more specific way, and he ends up going, and, and uh, he calculates. They, they journeyed from over here, Babylon, all that 600-something miles, more than 600 miles, all the way over there, and, and, and no more than two years would have gone by. When you read the, the whole section in Matthew chapter 2, the, the, he isn't a baby in a manger anymore. He's a little child in a house in Bethlehem. That's where he is. And so the, the Herod uh, calculates the time to get there and figures if we kill every baby two years and under, we're safe. And that's what he sent them to do, to kill every berry, uh, every berry, uh, every uh, ba- baby, two years and under. Kill them. That's what he did. And that's why the Lord gave directions to, for Mary and Joseph to go to Egypt. Now, so having done that, having done that, uh, and all they had to do was go down and, and see. Did Herod, Herod, no, Herod's going to take action to get rid of the problem, potential problem, and the others don't care. Does anyone care? Now, over, if you would, in, in your thinking, if you would, got a little bit, seek the Lord and you'll find him. Are any of you guys seeking the Lord? No. But here are some wise men up there, all the way out there in Babylon in the middle of nowhere, Gentiles, and they're paying attention to a few things they know and God gets, like Abraham, Abraham, God got his attention, didn't he? God got his attention and brought him from Ur of Chaldees all the way over to, to Beth, to Beth, to uh, Palestine. And he led him. Why? Because Abraham looked at, and, and looked to the heavens and believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness ultimately. Now, so here we are looking, and Israel's, Israel, they aren't, they aren't seeking God. The wise men are. Now God, us. Romans, if you would, please. Romans in chapter 10. Now I've got to add quickly, I wish I could do it easier for you, but quickly. You know from John 5 and verse 39 they were searching the scriptures. And God said, if you search the scriptures rightly, you'll always find me. You'll always find me. The scriptures are all about me, said the Lord Jesus. And when you come to Luke 24, he says it again. Are you so slow to believe what the scriptures say? They're all about me. From Genesis to Revelation, it's all about me, about me. So when, now I read Deuteronomy chapter 30. I'm looking at that in your mind, and you're looking at that. And what do you say to them, Moses? You say, I'm, I'm writing. He's writing Deuteronomy. He's given it to them. He's reading it to them. Here they are. And they've got it right in front of them. And here's all the elders and the statesmen they are reading in their leadership and here they are, and they have, they have the scriptures. Where do they have them? Right in front of them. 
right in front of them. Now, so what do you say to them? Do you understand? I'm going to quote now from, from Deuteronomy, only I'm going to read in Romans. Romans chapter 10 and verse 6. But not this part, though. But the righteousness, which is of faith, uh, speaketh on this wise, see, see not in thine, say not in thy heart, who shall, who shall ascend into heaven, uh, that is, to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall ascend into the deep, that is, to bring up Christ from the dead. And Moses is going to use the Bible. They, they have the scriptures. That's right. They have the scriptures. And verse 8. And now what do they have? How far away are the scriptures? They're reading them. They're giving them. Paul, what are you doing? And here they are. If they read the book of Romans, the Romans, they read it. What are they going to know? It's the scriptures. How far do we have to go? Do we have to look at a star? I don't have to look at a star. God, you got rid of the star. You don't need a star. I've got the scriptures. They're right in front of me. How far away are they? Romans 30, Deuteronomy 30, and Romans chapter 10, verse 6 and 7 and 8. The scriptures are right in front of you, in your mouth. You can quote them. Believe them. You don't have to go and seek God and say, well, where is God? God's right in front of you. And that's true right now for us. God's right in front of us, around us, no question. Now God said, where are you, God? God said, that's why I gave you the scriptures. So you can read them. So when I read them, what am I going to find? Romans chapter 10 and verse, verse, verse uh, 9, verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh unto thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. You, you, it's right here. We're, we're talking about it. Verse 9. That if thou shalt confess, agree to say the same thing, with the mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so, God, what are we going to do? We're going to believe. Are you who you are? There you are. And now, if I'm going to go and believe, I'm going to receive. And if I receive you as my Savior, by believing in my heart that God raised him from the dead. In verse 9, Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. And I believe he's a resurrected Christ. And I believe he's able to save me to the uttermost. And when I believe in my heart, what did I just do? I believed in my heart that he is who he is God becoming flesh flesh and blood, and dying on the cross for me, taking my place on Calvary's cross. I believe it in my heart. What do you believe in your heart? I say it with my mouth. Christ died on the cross for me. He took my life. He took my death and gave me his life. And he did that. So I confess. When I confess with my mouth and believe in thine heart, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10. For with the heart... Man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And therefore, I know our time is gone, but hope you got a little bit. What is it? Well, God, they believe the star up in the sky. 
and they didn't have any information compared to what you and I do. And they found him. They found him. That's what they did. God said, if you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. In Acts 17, you don't have to read it now. If you're a blind man, as a blind man, in a very dark room, and you're trying to find your way, God said, you can be as a blind man in a very dark room trying to find me. And I'll tell you what, if you're seeking me in that dark room, in the blindness of your eyes, you will find me. You guarantee to be found, I do. What's the problem? Do we really seek him with our heart and want him to be involved? And how far away does he? We've got the scriptures. I don't have to have a star or anything else. I don't need anyone to come along and tell me whatever, neither do you. Some all I feel, who knows what's right? My father said, someone said, on and on. No, 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 no. God said, I said it, believe it, and honor me. There I am. How far away, God, if you seek me with all your heart? I didn't ask you to have a debate with me or dialogue with me. I didn't ask you to have a discussion about it. I asked you to believe me with all your heart, and you would find me. That's the arrangement, a wonderful arrangement. And we don't need a star. What you have in your hand, I hope, are the scriptures. You got them? Here they are, the scriptures. The scriptures. Do I understand them all? No. No. But they're God's scriptures. And God said, it's my word. And I honor your word, God. And when I honor your word, I'm going to find you. I'm going to keep on finding you. Because I'm not looking. I, here you are, God. And you've given me the scriptures. What did you do for the wise men? I got them all the way to Bethlehem to see the king. And what did they see? A little baby. Did they honor him as king? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. They wanted a little baby in the middle of nowhere as king of kings. That's awesome. They're, they're, they're hard ones. Boy, I'd like to meet those people. Those people are pretty sharp, weren't they? Those wise men? Wow. Wow. Hope you got a little bit. Star, you have the scriptures. And you hold them. And by the way, that's the scriptures, 66 books of the Bible. You got it? I got my little cell phone. Um, no, uh, smartphone, uh, website. Uh, what do you call this thing? A pod, a pad. <laughs> Here it is. Oh, I open it up. Oh, yeah. But Matthew, Matthew 2 1. Boom, boom. There it is. Ah. If that's what you're doing, change your habits. That doesn't mean you can't do that sometime. But boy, if that's all you've got, you don't have this. You hold the whole world in your hand. You hold God in your hand. And I want God. I don't care about this. Do you understand? 
and not to our killing. It's killing our country, killing the world. And the devil has his hand in it. Because that's why you'll never know him. But I can, it's, everything's in there. It tells me everything. You don't need to know everything. You just need to know this is God's recorded word in its totality. I don't want a verse out of it. I want the whole book for the whole God. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Thank you. I don't have a star. I don't have to look at the stars. We have the scriptures. That's something, isn't it? That's what you got in here. That's what I hope you had tonight, thinking of something. What can I give you? You have it already. If you have your Bible and you hold on to it and grow in it, you've got the bestest gift of all. And you don't need a star.